Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. That is now on ESPN Radio. What sounds more grueling than spring football <laughs> starting on March 1st? Isn't that like next week? It's like two weeks from now. That's crazy. It's what it is, though. It always sneaks up on me, especially because Bobby Houck at Montana just loves to get it in early. He likes to have his spring game done by the first week of April. I think there's some uh, logistical advantages to that. I think there's some hardening of the guys. I think there's some extension of winter conditioning. Uh, I also think there's some fly hatches and some fish to catch <laughs> that have some stuff to do with that uh, as well. Welcome back to Juana's Dow, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. The news of the week, the uh, reshuffling, the musical chairs of the Grizz football coaching staff uh, nary a new coach, but uh, eight different coaches with new positions uh, down there at the Grizz. Uh, so we'll continue talking about it when Rajim Seabrook gets here. We'll talk to him a little bit about it as well. Andrew Houghton and I broke that down in hour number one. We also heard from Avery Allen, recent addition to the four-time state champion club from the world of high school wrestling and uh, a Bozeman High senior. And we also heard from uh, Glenn Wall, who is a soccer aficionado here in the state of Montana. And that was part of our 4015, an excerpt from Soccer in Snow and Smoke, a podcast all about uh, the beautiful game. You can find everything from today's first hour of Nuanas Now on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. Uh, another cool announcement. I, I have a, a great affinity for the little Sullivan award. I don't really know why. I just, I knew I learned about it when I was a kid. I just thought it was cool. That you could win this sort of all sports award as uh, a great athlete and a great representative of the state of Montana. So the little Sullivan award is given, given to the best amateur athlete from Montana uh, each year, both boy and girl, male and female last year, Troy Anderson, Dylan Montana product, who was an outstanding All-American football player at Montana State, now plays for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he won the award in basically his last accolade as an amateur before getting drafted in the NFL. And then Allie Weiss, who was a awesome target shooter out of Belgrade, Montana, and uh, an Olympian. She won it on the uh, the, the women's side. The, uh, the announcement, though, today of the finalists for this year, and it's a star-studded list to be sure. Uh, the women finalists are Cola Badbear of Billings, Montana. She's a Montana State senior on the women's basketball team. She'll join us on this show here tomorrow. Ayla Embry of uh, Bozeman, who is a Rocky Mountain College senior, a volleyball player. Brittany Fisher of Billings, who is a senior volleyball player at Montana State Billings. Excuse me, senior softball player at Montana State Billings. And then Sophia Stiles, who is a Malta product who spent uh, a handful of years for the Montana Lady Grizz and now is finishing up her college basketball career at Florida Gulf Coast. The men's finalists for the Little Sullivan Award this year 
are Duncan Hamilton, a distance running standout from Bozeman, Montana, who is currently running at Montana State. Uh, he has been an All-American in cross-country, indoor track and field, and outdoor track and field, one of the great steeplechase runners in the world. He ran the fast, the second-fastest steeplechase time on the earth last year uh, during the uh, United States track and field trials. So Duncan Hamilton, uh, certainly a worthy finalist. Robbie Houck, the all-time leading tackler in the history of the Big Sky Conference and the Montana Grizzlies, a uh, kid from Missoula, Montana, who was a senior last year for the Grizz football team. Jacob Morgan, who hails from Billings and wrestles at the University of Mary. And Patrick O'Connell, who is a Kalispell product, who was a senior for the Grizz football team a year ago. So uh, and it always gets a little bit more pizzazz, a little bit more gusto when you got some of those uh, sort of revenue sport type athletes like the basketball players and the football players in there. Uh, but certainly a ton of recognizable names and a bunch of really worthy candidates uh, when it comes to the uh, the Little Sullivan Award given to the best amateur athletes uh, in the state of Montana, both male and female. We uh, are into now the postseason for high school hoops. we got district tournaments for Class C uh, starting... Uh, around the state. So here's a little bit of an update on what's going on for that. We got Class B, uh, the 1B tournament is is underway. Shelby beat Conrad, 74-36. Well, Radham, we're giving you the scores. How about this, uh, this scoreboard? is presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Uh, District 1B boys, uh, Shelby beat Conrad, 74-36. Kyle McDermott had 31 points. For Shelby, uh, that's a little bit of a rivalry game in the tournament. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with the High Line, Shelby and Conrad are about 15 minutes apart. So uh, those two teams, certainly I guarantee you those kids grew up playing against each other. District 2B tournament is uh, Glasgow uh, beat Harlem 62-50. to Wyatt Babb had 20 points for Glasgow. District 5B, Big Timber beat Jefferson 35-32. District 2C, Fairview beats Culberson 65-44. District 8C, Belt puts a uh, licking on Hobson Moore 70-24. And uh, Centerville beats Winnet Grass Range 54-45. And District 12C, Yellowstone beats Gardner 66-44. Ennis beats Shields Valley 51-41. District 13C, Phillipsburg beats Valley Christian 59-44, and uh, Drummond beats Lincoln 59-37. We'll give you more scores from across the wide world of high school sports, but always fun when the uh, district tournaments are underway. I even told them to leave the door unlocked for you, and they didn't even listen. How you doing? What's up? Rajiv Seabrook in the house. My man. What's going on? Hot off the court for middle school basketball. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Were you coaching? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. It's my eighth grade team. So you got your eighth grade. Hey, boys or girls? Uh, Girls. Nice. How'd, how'd you guys do? Oh, our game was yesterday. Today was just recap practice oh, before sure, the sure. long okay. holiday weekend. So, yeah, we uh, the, the the breakers of St. Joe's are paralleling uh, their their elder sororal group of Loy- at Loyola and just playing smothering defense, putting up points, 
hurting grandma's favorite little girls from across the city. <laughs> <laughs> just playing, just playing. Uh, no, they're doing amazing. They are, I think, three and one and four and one, averaging almost thirty six points a game in eighth grade. Uh, opponents are averaging, uh, I think, eleven. Uh, we had, yeah, they're playing really good defense. We had a one. Our one loss was against. Uh, uh, Hellgate Middle School, which is like infamously stacked year after year. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's either them or us that wins it every year. So uh, for the first time, I've lost to them for the first time in I think like 10 years. So it's all right. Nordy, I'm coming for you. <laughs> I gotta love it. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for coming by. Thanks for uh, having me. Usually we get the Friday appearance uh, of the band, but instead we get it Thursday because I'm on my way to Bozeman for the uh, rivalry doubleheader yes, uh, sir. tomorrow. Happy birthday. We missed you last Friday. Thank you, Friday, man. So Thank you. You celebrated, and uh, it was a fun time Saturday night getting together with everybody. So thanks for the invite. That was very fun. Very yeah, cool. thanks for showing up and, and sharing some energy and a lot of laughs and some tasty libations and just more than that, just a, a, what a great memory with uh, my friends and my, my eldest child, too. So it was a good day. Thanks for being there. Yeah, man. of course, man. It was always fun. Always fun to get together and talk and, and reminisce and uh, you know solve all the problems of the world. Uh, one of our buddies that was there, though, uh, Sammy and Kevin. This is cool. What because, up? Because uh, we're, we're going to uh, have Sammy swing by here uh, sometime in the next little while. Uh, but Sammy Kim was a great receiver for the University of Montana football team. Uh, he's Top set, five in everything. Yeah, top five in catches, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. Uh, he's been off the last uh, year, but he's still been working, still been training, and uh, now he's got himself a new opportunity, which is pretty cool. So uh, he's headed off to the USFL. So we were talking a little bit about this, but uh, this is awesome. This is a great – this is going to be cool to see how this all goes because there's a lot of guys from this level of football that are going to get new opportunities at the professional level. Absolutely, and and Sammy is 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 well-deserving and to some degree well-earned as well. Um, I've known Sammy for several years now, kind of a community mentor to him, and in his own way he's a mentor to me. Totally. Uh, n- never let age... Uh you know, deter you from learning. Never. Oh, you can learn a lot from the young ones. And uh, yeah, I'm looking really forward to seeing what he is going to do physically, especially, you know, being a year removed from football, but then also being a year removed from contact. Cause as you know, he got hurt uh, in that playoff game and hasn't, you know, been popped since. So yeah. um, a lot of times it's, it's, it's how do you recover after being hit, not just the recovering leading up to being hit. So uh, I wish him nothing but the best. The minute his Jersey goes on sales, you know, the Seabrook family will have him in all, Sizes, alternative colors, and, uh, you know, <laughs> just ready to support a young man on his uh, path going forward. We'll let you know all the details. We're going to catch up with Sammy and do a story on him for Skyline Sports or maybe an interview here, or maybe both. I don't know, but either way, right, cool to see a local guy from uh, who played here at the University of Montana, originally from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, uh, doing good and uh, getting an opportunity to keep on playing football. I haven't seen you since the Super Bowl. What would you think? That was a game. It was a great game. Man, that was like a legit game. Um, a couple of Super Bowls passed. The Rams was another good one last year. Yeah. Cooper Cup is amazing. He's a superhero. Um, what a good Super Bowl. Like, finally. Like, a good game. Like, every play you were kind of like, what's going to happen now? Like, anything that could happen, happened in that game. Injuries, big plays, great defense, good special teams, great coaching, being out Fox and then outflanked. Uh, what a what a, what a a great matchup. Um, the commercials were better than a couple of years past. There were some very uh, interesting commercials, some very um, eye-awakening commercials. But it was it was it was a good game, and I just got to say, Patrick Mahomes is a dog. Like he's just a man amongst boys, and I and I see why my son loves him and that whole Sierra Red so much. The thing that was the most surprising part to me 
I wasn't surprised that Jalen Hurts balled out. I wasn't surprised that Patrick Mahomes balled out. I wasn't surprised it was back and forth. The one thing that did surprise me was how the Eagles just kind of took it on the chin when they were on defense because they were such an intimidating group this year. I know you can say, okay, it was only a three-point game, and it came down to the final seconds for sure. But uh, I thought the Eagles defense was going to play a little better than that. I thought so, too, and I thought they had the Advantage for sure. Overall, you got you know three or four guys first time in NFL history double digit sacks. You got a great back end with James Bradbury, uh, the fourth in company, and they, they on paper they should have won. <laughs> and and for the first half, you thought they were going to win, and then they just kind of I don't know the Mahomes magic and everyone else on that team did what they did, and then they kind of had some implosions, just poor penalties. I, w- I would also say there was some really poor clock management by both teams in that game. Uh, Sands the Ahmad Brad, uh, Bradshaw slide like the Giants did against the Patriots on the goal line to waste more time. But other than that, it was there were times where was, there was just some things that were unorthodox on display. And uh, it made for an interesting game and obviously for a great conversation between us. Hello. For sure. Where do you think, what do you think this does for Patrick Mahomes now? Because now he's got two rings. Three appearances. So now he's kind of into that echelon. That top echelon. I mean, from a pure eye test, you could see right away when he first broke in the league. This guy's spectacular. I mean, he's he's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But then you got to go do it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been spectacular for a long time, too, but he only got the one ring. Like, Brett Favre, spectacular, but he got the one ring. And one is better than none. True. Make, make no mistake. True. But two puts you into elite. You know, but there's guys in, in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> They have multiple rings. They're nowhere close to as good as Patrick Mahomes, but they're in the Hall of Fame because they got multiple rings, right? Oh, totally. I mean, think about how much better Patrick Mahomes is than the Eli Manning. And, oh, without and, a doubt. And Eli Manning is for sure a bona fide Hall of Famer. So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, what do you think this does for Mahomes? Because I think there's a couple sizes. What do you think? It, uh, it, 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 it brought it down from second-time ballot to first-time ballot. You've had three appearances in less than five uh, – three appearances in five years. You've won two of the three. Been in the conference championship uh, all five seasons. All five seasons. Like – you you've already you've written your resume. Now you just need to punch your ticket, and and you know he's going to be back in this position possibly at least one more time. The only thing I'm I'm hesitant in trying to crown him early and in, in putting him back in that position, Mister Nuanez, is the fact that his contract will hamstring a team. And going forward, uh, as we saw last year, they couldn't afford Tyreek Hill. They had to let him go. Can they afford Travis Kelsey in a year from now? Um, They have glaring needs on defense. And when I look at his contract and how those dollars will count against the salary cap, um, he's as good as he's going to be, no doubt. But is all the pieces around him still going to be there for him to be that good if uh, you can't afford Peter to pay Paul just to hang out with Mary? There's only one other quarterback really that's been in this position where he's had he's got multiple Super Bowls already before I mean they kind of say that your your prime from a quarterback is between like 28 and 32. He's 27. Yeah. So he's entering the prime window where I mean you're never going to be as athletic as you were when you're in your early to mid 20s, but your brain right. starts to catch up and then accelerate and all of a sudden that's right. kind of the sweet spot, right? Right. So he's a, he, the only other guy that's had multiple rings like this before that prime window is Tom Brady. Right. That's what I think, though, is going to be the biggest thing that's going to be on top of Patrick Mahomes now is there's this expectation that it's Super Bowl or bust now. Mm-hmm. So every, every, time, every time you don't go Super Bowl, it's a bust. Right. And so I wonder how he handles that. I also wonder how that impacts the narrative. Like, let's say, let's say he plays for 12 more years. Right. And doesn't go back to Super Bowl. 
that's going to negatively impact his legacy, even if that's completely unfair, because people are going to, it's going to wear thin on people. Like, look what has happened to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers won one early, and he's never gotten back. Russell and, Wilson. And people are like, well, well you know, it, it impacts the, the perception of you negatively, even if that's completely unfair, because you've already done better than almost every guy that's ever played the game. Right. I, I think that his the front end of his career in this day and age will not be allowed to be diminished or distinguished. Uh, it's already distinguished, not to be diminished or... or, or um, undervalued. I think that he's going to be back there every year, not necessarily a Super Bowl, but always in contention as long as Kansas City can afford to keep the pieces around him in place. It will be interesting to see what happens going down the road because he's starting to sort of fall into the Lamar Jackson category. Those injuries are starting to catch up. And if you're not able to do the things that, like you're saying, those physical attributes, how does that change your game? How do you become more of a Tom Brady and less of what you already are um, as time? And, you know, father father time is cruel. Father time is one to know against everyone, right? Like there's the (laughs) champion of all champions, mother nature, father time. Totally. Um, So that all remains to be seen, but he's getting in regardless. He he did too much too early to not be seen. The other part that's going to impact the way that this all goes is that part of Patrick Mahomes' unbelievable success early on here in his career has been the continuity with his head coach, Andy Reid. Oh, yeah, the human tomato. <laughs> Tom Brady and Bill Belichick had the great fortune with each other that when they first were coming of age together, Tom Brady was super young. He's only in his second year when he won his first Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And Bill Belichick was a young coach then. He's become the old coach now. Oh, yeah. But you got to remember that Patriots team, the first one was 22 years ago. So Bill Belichick was in his 40s. Now he's in his late 60s. But they were able to, I mean, there was no opportunity. There's no real uh, scenario in which Bill Belichick was going to retire. Right. There, there's a absolutely. I mean, Patrick Mahomes could be in the NFL almost certainly for longer than Andy Reid's going to be in the NFL. Oh, without a doubt. That's going to be the next t- turning point too. Is can Mahomes capitalize with the guru calling the plays or running the show? And then it, if and when Andy Reid steps away, then what happens? Uh, you know, is is does Bienemy get a chance? You know, whatever. There, there's, a, there's a lot to it, but. Can Mahomes operate without the guy? We'll see. Can we just reverse that? Can the enemy get a chance? Dot, 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 question mark. What else does this guy have to do to prove that he gets a shot? The retread of coaches in this league should be shameful. Shameful. Yeah, it's... uh, And I, I want someone to call right now and debate this. Shameful. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Rajim Seabrook in studio with us here on ESPN Radio. Uh, we were, I was talking with Coach Marty about this, Marty Mordaway, because Marty Mordaway worked for Andy Reid totally. for a long time. I mean, Marty Mordaway was Eric Bieniemy for Andy Reid for and, like 11, for 11 years in Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely. And I asked him, I said, Coach, what do you think of, of Eric Bieniemy? And he says he thinks that this is fully a problem with the NFL owners. He thinks that Eric Bieniemy is too sharp and too, like, in your face. Like, he has a plan, and when he goes into interviews, he's just, boom, he's drawn up on the board, he's taking control, and he doesn't have, like, the the flexibility or the politicking that maybe that they want from, from an NFL head coach, which... Is so silly because the guy. I mean, he's done nothing but coach and win and, and win yeah, big yeah. and win totally. consistently. It's it's you hit the nail on the head. It's politics. Yeah, there's an old boys network out there. There's this old construct that has yet to is it's in its way of being dismantled. Give this young person a shot. Like I'm looking at like when Joe Judge 
and I love my Giants, and people who know me know I love it like yourself. Joe Judge, a special teams coordinator, gets a shot at one of the largest media market uh, teams on the planet, regardless of sports, and you have a guy like Eric Bieniemy sitting there? Come on, son. Come on. Yeah. It's politics. Totally. I, I, I think there's a lot. That goes into it. I, I I do think that there's the there's the element of inequity that's certainly glaring in this. Mm-hmm. There's also stuff though I just don't know if we'll ever know unless we find out. You know what I mean? Like, like what if he's a horrible interviewer? Like he's like, just a terrible interviewer yeah, or something, right? He's got now, the right? great plan but has no verbal skills. We don't know. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and that's and that's fair. But when I look at the body of work, yeah, yeah. how do you not have this guy in house? Because he's doing something right for Andy Reid to not let him go. You right. get what I'm saying? For sure. So there's something there to be held on to and to be retained. Well, there's also been a lot of scuttle if you follow Chiefs media that Andy Reid wants Eric Bieniemy to go, not because he dislikes him, but he just wants him to get another shot. And that's also been one of the M.O.s of Andy Reid's career is cultivating and nurturing young coaches. Totally. And look at the guys that have come up through the ranks, like Coach Mornowick, like... Uh, Who's another one recently? Excuse me. Now it's completely slipping my mind. Oh, Nick Sirianni was uh, was of course uh, Andy Reid coach in yep. Philadelphia. So he has had guys that have moved on and moved up, and so I think he wants Benjamin to get a shot too, just because a lot of times freshness across the board is a good thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I guess what I'm saying is like there's this perception because this was so such a part of America for the first. 80% of the 21st, of the 20th century the meritocracy <laughs> the the more experience you have and the more uh, institutional knowledge you have and the more experience we have together the better right if we work together for 41 years we're better than the guys that work together for 2 years we've kind of figured out that that's not true anymore oh yeah hello you can be way better working together within a year than two guys that work together for 35 years because maybe you're fresh, you're new, totally. you're sparked again, you're not, you don't hate each other. So I guess what I'm saying is that I think that if Eric Bieniemy could move on, that would be good for everybody across the board because totally. it would be good for the Chiefs as well. Totally. I was part of a, I was I was radioed into a podcast that my friend does on the East Coast and we had this uh, conversation sh- or shortly after the Super Bowl and he was like, well, what else can you liken this to? Like, what, like, media, media, ochre coaches that get to stay? I said, the best parallel that I can have in America with that are politicians who stay in office way too long. Yep. And teachers, right? Interesting. When teachers, sometimes you can have a teacher in an institution for 28 years, 34 years, they've been a teacher. How effective were they for 34 years? Once you get tenured, once you get locked in, it's impossible right. to get rid of you. Sometimes the efficacy of that position actually dwindles because people become too complacent That's and right. comfortable. And at the same time, you're consistent and you've been there, but there's no newness. There's no there's no jolt of electricity. It's just right. the same in, the same out. This guy brings a different sort of dash, and I think uh, will relate to today's younger players. So, you know, speaking of politicking, folks, here we go. On that note, University of Montana did a massive reshuffling of their coaching staff, but there's not a dang one that's new. We'll discuss <laughs> what that means right after this. Right, James Seabrook, riding with me, Coulter Nuanas. Yep. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. 
for unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. It's Nuanas now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Hip-hop education with Rajim Seabrook. A little De La Soul for you here on your Thursday. De La Soul from the soul. Gotta love it. Yeah, man. Sad. They, uh... Dave uh, Pasta News just passed away. He was one of the three MCs from De La Soul, and he died, I think, three days ago at age, like, 53 or 50-something, which is, I have a question for, like, our society. Why don't rappers live to the age of, like, 65? Like, they hit 52, 53, and then they just die. Um, But what's more tragic about it is it's three weeks... uh, Three weeks right before their whole catalog was supposed to get released, their their catalog and Tommy Boy uh, mm. records have been in court for 20-plus years. So for the De La lovers out there, the whole catalog is finally coming out. Um, there's some pre-sales going on on different things. So if uh, if you're a De La fan, Native Tongue family lover, uh, it's finally coming 20 years down the line. And uh, rest in peace, Dave Pasta News Mace. Rajiv Subrak in studio with us here on Nuanas Now. It's ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, we were talking Super Bowl. Where do you want to go with this next? We're keep talking Super Bowl for a little while, buddy. I'm on your. I'm no, you're no, the no, captain. No, no. I'm Sulu. I'm just all navigating. Right. Here's what we're gonna do. What I t- we were talking about how fresh ideas can promote and push an organization forward. We were talking about Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. And sort of the perplexing situation in which he has been the OC for uh, record-setting offenses for uh, quite some time now. And he hasn't gotten uh, an opportunity as a head coach in the NFL yet. Uh, And there's a lot that goes into that. Who he works for goes into it because I think some people perceive that Andy Reid's the one calling all the plays. Where it comes from goes into it as well. The fact that he's black has made this a very controversial part of this because people kind of put him and Brian Flores, fair or not, on a pedestal and say, why aren't these guys head coaches in the NFL? And I totally agree that both deserve opportunities to be head coaches. Flores, as much as anybody, because he got such a raw deal in Miami. Oh, shafted. uh, uh, But then there's also just a lot of the factors that we don't know. But that conversation has already been had. I want to talk about... Just sort of the element of fresh ideas because here's where we're at the Grizz. The Grizz were uh, a top four team in the country coming into the year last year. They were picked to win the Big Sky Conference. They rose to number two in the polls about midway through the year, uh, and then it all fell apart. Oh, yeah. They ended up winning a playoff game, which sort of salvaged their season, but you go and get whipped in, in Bozeman. You ran roughshod over by your rival, and then two weeks later, you get ran out of the Fargo Dome by North Dakota State, and everybody's sitting around scratching their heads because not only did Montana's offense have really no semblance of success the last eight weeks of the season, but then their defense, which what they were leaning on for the last four years, it completely fell apart too, and they gave up almost 1,500 yards rushing over the last three weeks of the season. So here's where we're at with what has gone down. Kent Bear, the defensive coordinator, uh, retired, and I guess uh, stepped away from the Grizz for personal reasons, he cited. Barry Sachs, the defensive line coach, retired. That led to Tuesday's announcement. 
Ronnie Bradford, the former cornerbacks coach, is the new defensive coordinator. Roger Cooper, the former safeties coach, is now coaching linebackers. Kim McLeod, who is a defensive analyst, is now coaching corners. That means defensive line is open, defensive analyst is open. On the offensive line, they announced yesterday, Tim Rosenbaugh has been demoted. He's going to be the new senior offensive analyst and the director of high school relations after being the OC for the last four years. Brent Pease elevated from wide receivers coach to offensive coordinator. Bryce Erickson takes over the wide receivers, which Pease was coaching. He had been the tight ends coach. Rob Fennessy slides in as tight ends coach and offensive tackles coach. Chad Germer, who'd been the offensive line coach, is now just coaching the interior offensive line. So you count them up, that's eight guys that all were on the coaching staff last year that all are coaching new positions. What do you think of this reshuffling? I have a headache listening to what you just said. <laughs> That's like the NFL playoffs, like going into the th- second to last week. Miami can get in if the Jets right, win, right. Buffalo ties, and Cincinnati wins the lottery for the first time ever. Like it just, it's, it's this and this and it, this yeah, and this and this, this. And to me, that's when I label it the NFL, right? right the whole, right, all right, the ifs. Right. What does the shuffling mean? Old faces in new places. Trying to find a spark, trying to get some energy, trying to you know get things back on track. I like what you said. The defense, you know, the Grizz were hanging their helmets on that for a while. But when your offense is inept, it puts more stress on your defense. And even the best of the defense, they they bend and eventually break. Um, it'd be interesting to see where people go because you have a lot of people doing things that they haven't done sure. for a couple of seasons. Uh, but I'm sure Bobby has a plan. Um, and he did what he did for a reason. It'll just see how it all uh, manifests itself here in, what is this, in six six months almost to the day that football season's back. It's almost like Christmas all over. <laughs> see, I, I, I think that uh, the, the reshuffling element can be sort of a cop-out because you're not bringing in any new energy or any new ideas. But maybe you get new ideas from having new coordinators. I agree with That's that. That's why I'm kind of like in wait-and-see mode, right? Like, mm-hmm. if they're just running completely new schemes... Uh, it could be completely different. I also think that just just from the, knowing a little bit about the experience, the the personality, the resume, and uh, the background mm-hmm. of Brett Pease, he's going to be way different than Tim Rosenbaugh was. Even if the scheme isn't that different, he's going to be different. Just in his the energy will be different. Well, and he's the, just a the very aggr- he's a very aggressive play caller. He's been a great play caller throughout his career. I mean, he's made he's been in the SEC at. At Kentucky, Kentucky and Florida, mm-hmm. he's been at Baylor, he's been at Boise State. But Those then are he, all small programs. But then he, he also has the 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 heart on his sleeve because he's a he's a former Grizz quarterback himself totally. too. So, um, for Montana though to reach their potential offensively, what do you think are the biggest things that need to change? O line, right? And that's what I was wondering too. Is O-line. you can talk about the scheme and this and that and the other thing. To me. The litmus test of how you get back to a true national championship level is so cut and dry because you watch the final four of the FCS playoffs every year, and who is it? It's the best offensive lines in the, in the country. Period. North Coast State's won nine Period. out of the last 11 national championships because they have the best offensive Period. line in the country. And then how did South Dakota State catch them? They got great on the offensive and defensive lines. That You win the game in the trenches. I don't care who your quarterback is. If you can't protect him, it's all for naught. Get the old lineman. You know what I used to love about Montana football? In my younger years when I had a hairline and a waistline, Coulter, was you could always count on at least two offensive linemen suiting up on Sundays in the NFL. I was always looking, okay, who's going? Scott Gregg. 
yeah. right? Uh, um, Thatcher Soleil, yeah. Corey Proc, yeah. all these names, and you know dudes, and some of them are friends of mine. What happened to that? Montana used to pride itself on its hog mollies up yeah. front. Yeah. And the pride and the attention and the detail that went away from that impacts quarterbacks, impacts running backs, impacts wide receivers. We used to have receivers that were feared. Why? Because our old line was holding it down. Yeah, yeah. And now it, it leaks like a sieve at times. Yeah, I and there's that's it's one of the great mysteries and one of the great debates because Truth. Th- there's there's so many parts that go into it. Truth. You look at the 2001 National Championship Grizz. Oh, boy. Their offensive line. You mentioned Thatcher Slay. Love that big guy. Yeah, John Skinner. Woo! The, 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 all five of their starting offensive linemen that were all from Montana. Mm-hmm. That's the mystery to me. Where did the linemen from Montana go? MSU. But that's not even the case. <laughs> no, either, I'm, though, I'm being right? snarky. Like, I'm I mean, being like, snarky. You, you look at the Cats starting offensive line last year. Their, their starting center, Justice Perkins, is from Bozeman. Well, he's not even as big as I am, and he's a walk-on. Mm-hmm. But he's also a second-generation Bobcat. His dad, Josh Perkins, played for Montana State. So that's not like a huge recruiting miss for the Grizz. No. He was never, ever going to go play anywhere no. besides the Cats, no. right? No. But the rest of the offensive line, none of them were from Montana, nope. right? No. So that's the thing that's so mysterious is where did all the offensive linemen in Montana go? You used to be able to absolutely guarantee you that on your on your your 10, your two deep, your 10 Top 10 offensive linemen, that half of them were going to be from Montana at the least. At least. Now there's hardly anybody. Like, I'm trying to even think of any Grizz offensive linemen. I, Dude, I guess. give me those big boys that have been bucking bail since they were three years old, please. So I think, please. That's, I think that's part of it, though. This is the Craig Paulson theory. Craig Paulson, former defensive coordinator for Montana, who hails from Plentywood. Uh, he, the original number 37. Yeah. This is Bobby Houck was the one that's telling me this is Paulson's theory. But Paulson's from, you know. Middle of nowhere, farm country. You know it. He says, with the industrialization of farming and the influence of technology on agriculture, it's caused families in eastern Montana to not have to be nearly as big. Nope. Because you can farm the farm with the combine. Truth. A couple people can do it. You used to have to have six kids to get all the chores done. And now you don't have to. Mm -hmm. So there's a population decrease. You also see a lot of families moving out because of crop production programs. And, you know, they're getting paid to have CRP land that isn't getting farmed. I think there's a lot to it because mm-hmm. it's. I guess what I'm saying is, if there was guys like Thatcher Slay in Sydney or Whitefish or you know Corvallis or you know Plentywood or Cutbank or Shoto or whatever, if those guys were there, the Grizz and the Cats would be recruiting them. They're just not there. No, and I mean you could see that when you look at the uh, the landscape of high school football, when you have four and five different towns. Totally. Uh, coming together to to try to make one squad, and sometimes that one squad isn't very good, just because it's you don't have a cohesive For unit. Sure. And I think that has impacted uh, yeah. industry in and of itself has changed. We we are more silicon than we are soil and dirt these days, and um, that impacts some of those small towns. To- I mean, those they're dying. Like it'd be interesting to see the census here in a couple of years. Some of those towns may not even be on the map anymore because right. people aren't living there. So I, I like. What you're saying, Coulter, the world has changed, thus the need for certain body types have also changed, and just the the well the well's running dry because the world is changing. So I also think there's a, a certain element where like as soon as Butte High School and Great Falls CMR and Dylan are running their whole offenses out of the shotgun and running the spread, you know that the spread has taken over the world of football period. Totally. 
right? Like, that was the other advantage that Montana always had. The old Joe Glenn line. We're going to get our arms and legs from out of state, but our heart and soul and in the trenches is going to come from Montana. Yes, sir. Because you knew you just go recruit the best offensive lineman from CMR. He's going to be able to come to Montana and start at some point in his life. Mm-hmm. And he ran eight plays in high school. 144 zone, 944 zone, some quarterback waggle. That's it. He that knows, was it. He knows how to blow you off the ball, and that's all. That's all you now, need to know. Now everybody's running the air raid. Everybody's pass pro. And I think that I think that's a factor. And I think the last two that are really impactful are, one, when there are great offensive linemen now that come out of Montana, see Dylan Rollins at Missoula Sentinel. They're going elsewhere. See Jacob Anderson at Billings West. Yeah. They're going to Power 5 now. Totally. Because Montana's been discovered. Exactly. They, they've tapped. They, they're, they're dipping that pen into the company. Like, eight. imagine if Dylan Rollins and Jacob Anderson were the future offensive tackles for the Grizz or the Cats. Like, oh, that. I coach Dilly. I would love Surfer Boy to be here. <laughs> you kidding me? Totally. Hubba Hubba, that's a big dude. Uh-huh. And I think the last factor, well, I think there's a lot of factors, but I think that the last one that's striking yeah. is I think that um, there's a lot more leniency with kids these days. And I think that forever... For better or worse, mm-hmm. if you're the 6'5", 225-pound kid, the coach is telling you you're playing tackle. You're playing guard. Mm-hmm. There's no choice. Now, mm-hmm. that kid might get an opportunity to play tight end, to play receiver. Receiver or quarterback. Uh, for sure. Yeah, right? or DN. Yeah. Like, like Zach Cruz won a state championship as a quarterback, and you guys did a great job of putting him in a great position to succeed. But in 1999 or 1992, that dude's a tight end at the, or a tackle. He's a tackle back <laughs> right? in the day. You know totally, what I'm totally. Like the, the kid from, from Butte a couple years ago, Jake Olson. Yeah. Great tight end. He's MVP of the Shrine game. He's They like him down here at Montana as a tight end. He's a pulling guard back he, in the day. He's 6'7", 260, man. Like that dude is just straight playing offensive line. Oh, put, yep. You know how to snap a ball, son. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's, a, that's another part of it. And then, I don't know, you think he also just, you, you see... Um, I think you see, I think that huge kids these days sometimes have a hard time too because they just kind of they stand out. That's always been the case, but it used to just be so much more of an element of being r- routed into football and wrestling. And, and sometimes I think that kids just don't get into that. I don't know. I th- well, I, I think there's a sway to that too, Coulter. I think there's just uh, kids aren't playing football. Actually, the num- kids yeah. just aren't playing sports anymore, period. Right. Uh, it's going, it's dwindling down. You look at like school participation, even on the middle sure. school level, it's not happening. It just isn't happening. Well, it's, um, it's so unfortunate to me because it seems like there's this culture that's been created where if you aren't pursuing college opportunities at the high school level, then there, it seems like there's this perception that there's no point in playing high school sports, and that's the saddest thing in the world to me. I agree. Like, Just learn. play high school sports, man. It's not about going to college. I mean, some, for some people it is. Oh, totally. But like, it's about the lessons you're going to learn. It's about learning how to compete. More than anything, it's just about having fun. Have fun. Yeah. I, I, you know, I used to like wearing jackets all the time. Just play. No, I, I loved it because I loved it. But no, there's just there's there's just a different sway, man. America's changed, society's changed, culture has changed. Like kids aren't playing football. The whole concussion scare has taken away a lot of athletes. For sure. Um, you know, for 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 a state like Montana, um, lacrosse has has sure. totally infiltrated. Yep. Um, all soccer, sorts things, all sorts. Of, there's so many X factors, so many X factors. So big hog mollies out there who like eating chicken wings and ribs in abundance, like this man. Jump that rope, hit those weights. We need all. We need more offensive linemen. The Grizz in particular. Thank you. <laughs> Nuanas now. 
So, on this exact discussion, what do we think of co-offensive line coaches? We'll finish up the, sh- finish up the show with that right after this. Keep it right here. Nuance Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. You got to tell me, like, why are the reasons I... Sh- <laughs> Listen to your voice. She sang that song. See, that's why you like Frank, because you want to sing like you. Let me tell you something about Frank Sinatra, <laughs> son. <laughs> tell you something about old blue eyes, my man. The reason why I love music from that era mm. is because people told stories. Sure. They told stories about actual life. Right? I can understand love. I can understand the summer winds. I can understand, you know, going through trials and tribulations in life. You know what I don't understand? I don't live in a mansion. I don't have a Lexus. Right. I don't have eight girlfriends. Totally. I don't have a million dollars. Right? I don't have cool kicks. I mean, that's not true. I do have cool kicks. You do kicks. have cool kicks. But there's something about some of today's artists and the things that they're talking about. They're not relevant to life. They're relevant to their lives, but they're not relevant to my life. 100%. So when I hear Frank Sinatra talking about the world and politics and love, and and, and I can get behind that. Nuwaz Al, ESPN Radio. Rajim Seabrook, riding with me, Coulter Nuwaz. Only got a couple minutes left. I, that that's my biggest beef with with rap music in general is that the first twenty to twenty five years, maybe even the first thirty years of of rap and hip hop, mostly was stories from the streets or stories from they were narratives. I learned so much about life just as a kid growing up in Montana. Mm-hmm. I learned so much about life in other places that I had never been or seen from. Listen to those guys. Mm-hmm. And now it's like if I was just a 17 year old kid listening to my Walkman now, like, what am I learning? Like, I don't learn anything. Like, you're saying, like, it's completely unrelatable to have totally unrelatable. $10 million and nine girlfriends. Like, I don't know anything about that. I don't know that. anything about that. Like, right. I just don't. I don't live that life. And I just, nor do I want to. I mean, I'll take the $10 million, but not the nine million problems that come with it. Um, yeah, man. I, don't, I, just, I just don't get it. Yeah. I think what happened was it. The explosion of it and the money that was made changed the narrative. That's for sure. And I mean, and that's that goes that you know that's in any um, sure. industry, and that I get. But there's just something that it, it, it takes away from its organic roots. For sure. Um, you know, and that's any form of music. It just once it goes. I mean, every everyone has an artist that they love. The minute they made it big, it was just like their music kind of sucked after that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, their first two albums were great, and then it was like. You've only made two albums and you already have a greatest hits album? Like, why? Like, right. you're not, the, you know, all the things, man. It is it is what it is. Thanks for swinging by, man. We got to hang Buddy, out again I soon. I know, man. And not enough days of the week. I'm almost done with middle school basketball and things open yeah, up yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, thanks for swinging by today. I really appreciate you, Thank having, you, brother. you having you in Love here. you. We will be back uh, tomorrow from Universal Athletic Service in Bozeman. Coming to you live from the Montana Football Hall of Fame. They're in UAS. Got a jam-packed show. On and Moody, Grizz men's basketball player will join us. Cola Badbear, Montana State women's basketball player will join us. And Ian Laird, 
uh, my co-commentator for the uh, ESPN Plus call that I'll be on will also join us. I'll be on the call for the men's game. I'm, I'm doing the color. Ian's doing the play-by-play. So we'll get you all set up for that as well. 4-6 to six tomorrow, live from Bozeman with the rivalry doubleheader on the horizon. If you missed anything in today's show, check it out on the Nuanas Now podcast. We'll see you tomorrow from Bozeman. Thanks so much for listening. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, it's all we practice. Uh, you're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in M- Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 MontanaAdvocates.com.